Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. So the reading is from Hebrews and it's chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, in January, at the beginning of the year, it's always a good time to pause, reflect, and to refocus on who we are and what our vision is. It's also a great opportunity to recommit ourselves to following Jesus, to supporting one another, and to serving the church. Here at Abergavenny Baptist Church, our tagline is Life, Faith, Together. We are a community that seeks to do life and faith together. Faith together learning from each other and growing in our faith together. Life together. Sharing with each other and doing real life together. And then life and faith together, integrating real life with an authentic faith. And the reason why is because we simply can't do this by ourselves. We need each other, because together we grow. We grow in our faith so that we can shine for Jesus. The church is a missional community. God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. God wants to extend and advance His kingdom in us and through us. This is a key part. This is our key purpose. A key purpose for us as a church is to share the love of Jesus. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 to 20, this is just after he has risen from the dead. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This is our key purpose. In fact, as a Baptist church, we only really have three key principles. According to the Baptist Union Declaration of Faith, uh, of principle, number one, 
Jesus is the sole authority. Jesus is the head of the church. Number two, baptism is believers' baptism by full immersion. And then number three, it is the duty of every disciple to bear personal witness to the gospel of Jesus and to take part in the evangelization of the world. That's why we're doing the Alpha Course. Because sharing our faith is an integral part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's part of our DNA. And that's why we're so passionate about sharing the love of Jesus. But we can't do this by ourselves. We need each other. We need to, to be gathering together on a Sunday and encouraging each other so that we can live out our faith and make a difference for the kingdom of God from Monday to Saturday. You see, the church is a body of people gathering together for worship and then scattering out into the world. We gather on a Sunday for worship to be encouraged, to be inspired, and then we scatter out into the world to live out our faith and make a difference for the kingdom of God. You see, we all have a front line, an everyday place where you live, work, or study, or play, or, and it's where you're likely to connect with people who aren't Christians. And it's a place where we naturally hang out and with, with people who we naturally get along with, doing things we naturally like to do. And so it's a place of possibilities and potential. And if we want to be fruitful when we're scattered in the world, then we have to be faithful in gathering on a Sunday to be inspired, to be encouraged. You see, if we want to make an impact, if we want to make a difference for the kingdom of God, then we need to stay strong and encouraged. We need to be inspired, and we need to ensure that we don't lose our distinctiveness and merely blend in with the surrounding culture. And the way we ensure we don't lose our distinctiveness, the only way is to ensure that we are gathering regularly to be inspired, and encourage one another. And we can't do this by ourselves. We need each other. And this is what our passage in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 19 to 25 is all about. It's about how we need each other, how we need to be gathering together as a priority and a privilege. However, Hebrews chapter 10 starts with God and not with us. It starts by telling us the good news about Jesus, the good news about what Jesus has done for us. You see, our life is always lived in response to what God has first done for us through Jesus. And so we read in verses 19 to 20, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, but a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. Okay, that sounds a little confusing. But what the writer is saying here, what he's doing is he's comparing the old way of the temple with its sacrifices and priests with the new way that Jesus has opened up 
which is way better. You see, in the Old Testament and in the Old Temple, no one was able to enter the most holy place. That's the place where God's intimate presence was. No one was allowed to enter the most holy place except for the high priest, and he was only allowed to do it once a year. After making a whole lot of sacrifices, he would go into the most holy place on behalf of everyone else, but everyone else had to remain outside. Jesus has opened up a whole new way where through faith in Jesus, we can enter into the most holy place. We can enter into the very presence of God. Because Jesus has died for us, we can be forgiven, and we can now enter into that intimate presence of God. It's a whole new way. We, you see, we don't have to go to Jerusalem. We don't have to go to the temple. We don't have to make sacrifices. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to remain outside. No, we can have direct access to the very presence of God through faith in Jesus. And this is the good news about what Jesus has done for us. And in light of this good news, the writer of Hebrews suggests we do three things. Firstly, let us draw near to God. Verse 22. Secondly, let us hold on to hope. Verse 23. And then thirdly, let us spur one another on. Verse 24. Let's have a look at each three in turn. Firstly, let us draw near to God. So in verse 21 and verse 22 it says, And since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Basically what it's saying is that now that Jesus has opened up a whole new way, don't stay outside. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in to the presence of God. Draw near to God. Draw near to God with full assurance that you're forgiven and that you've been cleansed from all guilt. How do we do this? Simply by putting our faith in Jesus. And then by gathering together with fellow believers for worship. Now, of course, we can experience the presence of God by ourselves, anytime or anywhere. But when we gather together with fellow believers for worship, we experience the presence of God in a far more profound and unique way, in a very real, tangible way. That's why it says in, in verse 21, since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, over the house of God. What is the house of God? Well, in the Old Testament, the house of God was the temple. You needed to go to the temple to experience the presence of God. But in the book of Hebrews, the house of God is the people of God, those who have put their faith in Jesus. As Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6 makes perfectly clear, but Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are His house. 
In Matthew chapter 18, in verse 20, Jesus says, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. There's something very unique and very profound about the, the experience of the presence of God that we experience when believers gather together for worship. And that's why it's absolutely vital and important that we meet together, that we gather together for worship as a priority and a privilege. Secondly, let us hold on to hope. Verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold tight to our hope, to our faith in Jesus. That there's so much in the world that will tempt you to let go, to stop following Jesus or to grow cold in your faith. And so we need to hold on tightly. We need to hold on unswervingly, without wavering. No, this is not an on-off thing. This isn't something that you only do when you feel like it or it suits you or, or, or you've got time. No, this needs to be a priority. We need to hold on tight to the hope we profess. And un unswervingly. How do we do this? Is it just by trying harder, putting in more effort, or by trying to put everyone on a guilt trip? No, that will never work. We need divine aid. And that's why there's this wonderful promise at the end. He who promised is faithful. When we gather together for worship, we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and the Holy Spirit empowers us and enables us to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And then thirdly, let us spur one another on. In verse 24 it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now the word spur has this, this connotation of entice or provoke. I mean, it's a really strong word. And so it's quite odd that it's been linked with the phrase love and good deeds. But the strength of the word spur is trying to show us how important it is for us to gather together to encourage each other and to spur each other on to love and good deeds. You see, it's so easy to grow weary in doing good. It's so easy to grow wary in, in loving others. I mean, people can be so ungrateful. Sometimes they can take advantage of us. Sometimes we just can't see how there's going to be any lasting difference to what we're doing. And so we become discouraged. We just feel like giving up. And that's why it's so important that we do not give up meeting together. Because we need to encourage each other and inspire each other. You see, the... The kingdom life isn't natural. It doesn't come to us naturally. Forgiveness doesn't come naturally. <laughs> Putting others above you. Humility. Patience. Integrity. Even compassion doesn't often, often doesn't come naturally to us. And so we need to encourage each other and inspire each other. We need to encourage each other to walk in the way of the kingdom. To walk like Jesus. And so we need each other. 
Because together we grow. And when we gather together for worship, we experience God's presence. When we sing and take communion and pray and listen to the Bible being read and the Bible being proclaimed and hear people's testimonies, we experience the presence of God in a very unique and profound way. And we are reminded of who we are, that we are a child of God, that we are loved by God, that we are forgiven by His grace. And we're reminded that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, that God wants to advance His kingdom in us and through us. And as we worship, we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit who empowers us and enables us to hold on unswervingly to the hope that we have. And as we gather together, we mutually encourage each other and inspire each other to not give up, but to continue with love and good deeds. See, we can't be a Christian and we can't live the Christian life in isolation as an individual all by ourselves. We just can't do it. We need each other because together we grow. And it's only by gathering together that we will remain connected. See, if you're not gathering together regularly, you, you suddenly become disconnected. You don't get really know people and you start feeling disconnected. And it's only by gathering together that we won't lose our distinctiveness and merely blend in with the surrounding culture. It's only by gathering together that we will shine for Jesus. When we gather together on a Sunday or we gather together with our life groups as a, as a privilege and a priority, we encourage them. We mutually encourage each other. And we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit to empower us and enable us to shine from a Monday to a Saturday out in the world and to live out our faith. And so this new year, let's, let's make it a priority in our life to be gathering together on Sundays or in our life groups. What we're going to do now is we're going to renew our commitment, renew our commitment to following Jesus, to supporting one another, and to serving the church. And so let's, let's all stand, and then I will say the words in white if you could respond in the words in yellow. We are called to be a worshipping community, offering all to God in prayer. We are called to be a missionary community, making known the love of God. We are called to be a sacrificial community, generously giving from all that God has given us. We are called to be an inclusive community, Sharing hospitality of God's kingdom with all. We are called to be a prophetic community, challenging powers that oppress and corrupt. And today we commit ourselves afresh to loving God and following Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit, to supporting each other and walking together on our shared journey of faith and to generously serve the church in any way we can.
And may the life that we live together be an offering of love, our duty and delight, truly glorifying to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website, abgavenibaptist.co.uk.